Father God, you are awesome. You are steadfast. You are faithful. You love us so much. Lord, your word says that while we were still sinners, while we were still the guy driving the nails into your hands, you died on that cross for us. That while we were still rubbing your name in the dirt and living for ourselves and pretending like we've got it all figured out, you died on the cross for us. While we still did not believe, while we still were atheists and running around proclaiming like we know everything, while we were still doing that, you died on the cross for us. And you forgive us of our sins, and we praise you for that, Jesus. And that's today as we come together to proclaim that and to celebrate the change that you made in the lives of these men and women who are stepping forward. Lord, we praise you. We praise you for making us new. We invite you into this room. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will just take over this space. May God be glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, just a few years after Jesus walked on planet Earth, just a few years later, there was a prison guard who asked a question, a jailer who asked a question of Paul, who was an apostle, a guy who went around and proclaimed salvation in Jesus Christ. A jailer asked a question that is the most important question that any of us can ask in this life. And the question asked to Paul by this jailer was, what must I do to be saved? Paul, let me introduce you real quick to who Paul is. Sometimes we read the Bible and we think, oh, everybody's perfect, everybody's pretty, everybody's squeaky clean. Paul hated Christians hated, despised, killed, would stand by while others are being killed. Hated Christian. Like foaming at the mouth, hated Christian. Dragging men and women out of their houses, hated Christians. And then he met Jesus. And he was converted and he placed his faith in the risen Savior. And he became a man who went around and he preached salvation in Christ, freedom and peace and forgiveness in Christ. And one of the things that Paul found repeatedly throughout his work, throughout his life and his ministry was he found himself in prison. And on one such occasion, he's in this, he's in this area and he's preaching and people are getting saved and, and him and his his partner, his friend that they're doing this together, Silas, they get dragged in front of the magistrate and thrown into prison again. And in that jail cell, the jailer is told, keep them safely, just keep them safe. The mob is attacking them and the, and the, and the, the magistrate says, just keep them safe. And this, this jailer, was a man who was very good at his job, chose instead to torture. He put them in chains, he put them in stocks, in the deep inner prison, and he tortured them. And that's where I want to pick up this story. I want to read this to you in the scripture. Acts chapter 16. This is 25 through 34, so just eight short verses for us today. About midnight... 
Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the, prisons were li- the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everybody's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights and rushed in. Trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas, and then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him, to all who were in his house, and he took them the same hour of that night. He took them the same hour of that night and washed their wounds, and he was baptized at once, he and all his family. And then he brought them up into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. Now here's what I love about this story. Here's why I, I chose to share this story. Why, um, let me introduce you now to the prison guard. This is a prison guard, a jailer. A jailer who was very good at his job, who had a duty. You know who I think of when I think of this prison guard? He's just an average Joe. He's just like a middle-class guy, kind of out doing his blue-collar job, working hard, keeping his boss happy. He's not doing anything special, right? He's, he's not really intellectual. He's not running the city. He's not running some Fortune 500 company. And he's not way down at the bottom either. He's not a slave. He's, he's not suffering. He's just working a job. Normal guy. He's the guy that just wants to put in his hours, go home, drink a beer, and watch the game, right? That's all he wants. But he's good at his job. And whenever Paul and Silas find themselves in his prison and he tortures them, through that experience, he sees Christ. And what did he see? Do you remember what he saw? The first thing he saw, he saw a miracle. He saw God shake the ground and the prison fell apart and all the prisoners' chains were gone. He saw a miracle. You're gonna see a miracle today because you're gonna see at least 12 people come up here and get baptized and new life proclaimed. Forgiveness, that's a miracle. The other thing he saw was, was that when Paul and Silas were in prison and they were and they were being tortured. You know, did you see what they did? They praised. They sang hymns. They could have they, they could have whined, they could have begged, they could have cried, but they praised their Savior because they were excited that they could suffer for the cause of Christ. They were excited. And then the other thing that he saw, the third thing that he saw, was that when they had the opportunity to leave. They stayed. Paradox, total switch, right? That that a prisoner, not just them, but all the prisoners, when they can run, they didn't run. 
Because whenever this average Joe, this everyday jailer, whenever he saw that they were all in chains, he was a man who identified with his job. And he probably knew in that time period that if all these prisoners were gone, you know what that meant? For him, that meant death. For him, that meant, I don't have a job. I'm not going home. The magistrate's not gonna put up with this. It meant death. So he was ready to take his own life. But then Paul, Paul said, hey, wait a second, we're still here. We stayed. We didn't run off when we could have. That's testimony. We wanna stay here and we wanna share our story. We wanna share our faith with you. And the jailer, with all these things going on, when he thinks he needs to take his own life, for whatever reason, whatever things are happening, but he knows he's in trouble. But because they rejoiced when they were being tortured and because they didn't run when they could have run, the jailer asked them the question. Knowing what they preach, hearing what they preach, the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? And Paul, without skipping a beat, he said, believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will be saved. And that same day, that same hour, Paul went with him to his house and he shared the good news of Jesus Christ. And the household believed, the household was baptized. And what did he share with them? In, 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 as, in as simple and concise as I can share it with you, by God's grace, the mystery that is the gospel, the mystery that is that Jesus could really die and save my sins, I share with you simply, like it says in, in 1 Corinthians 15, when Paul talks about it there as well, he says, Jesus Christ, according to scripture, Jesus Christ was dead, killed on the cross, buried in a tomb for three days, and on the third day, next Sunday, Easter, we will celebrate that he rose from the dead, conquered death, conquered hell. And because of that, we can repent of our sins and believe that Jesus did that. We can believe that Jesus said he would do it and pulled it off. By the grace of God and the power of the blood, he pulled it off. And we believe, if you believe, and Paul teaches, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross, for your sins, was dead and buried for three days and raised from the dead, you too can have new life. You too can have new life. That's it. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it hairier or uglier than it needs to be. It's simple. This is what happened. This is what Christ did for us. Even when he knew you were a sinner, he did this for you. And what the Bible teaches is that for those who confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord, they'll be saved. Repentance just means turn from your sin. Just turn from your sin and turn to God. And that's a celebration. And that's the requirement before baptism. And that's the gospel. That's the message. For those who believe can be saved. So that's what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating that, that those who have gotten saved, who, who, who God has opened their hearts to his message and they've received it and decided to follow Jesus are gonna come up here and they're gonna profess to all of you 
their friends and their family and their church family and say, I have changed on the inside and I'm ready to show you on the outside. Because my old self is dead and I'm a new creation. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. And in this passage we read, it says that same hour they were baptized. So I offer to you today an invitation, an opportunity. If you hear the story, if you hear that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, was dead and buried for three days, and he rose victoriously, if you hear the story as I say it, and you believe it in your heart, Ask God for forgiveness and make him the Lord and Savior of your life. So here's what I'd like to do. Everybody that's here, if you please uh, close your eyes and bow your heads for me. Everybody, um, please. Nobody looking around, I want to ask this question again and, do, and, and invite you to pray this. The question was, what must I do to be saved? Today, part of that question is, what must I do to be baptized? You must be saved. So with nobody looking around, if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, was dead and buried for three days, and rose victoriously, conquering death and hell, and you want to go to heaven with those who believe, and live your life for him. Where you're sitting, silently just pray this prayer with me. Dear God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that my sins put you on that cross. I ask now, Lord, that you will forgive me and that you will come into my heart and from today I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Make me a new creation, God. I'm ready to serve you and follow you in my life. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And with all your eyes still closed and heads bowed, please, if you prayed that today, I ask you to raise your hand. Praise God. Praise God. If you prayed that today for the first time, or if you prayed that today, or you prayed that a long time ago and you've never got baptized, here's my invitation to you today. We have in the back some more shorts and some more shirts and some more towels. And all throughout the Bible, when someone gets saved, when somebody gets saved, they immediately get in the water. It's all throughout the Bible. So my prayer for you today is that as the Bible teaches, the next step of obedience is to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
There's nobody's asking you to go home and clean up your life. No one's asking you to, to stop with the drugs or to, or to get out of this or that or, or fix all the ugliness. No, Christianity is inside out. So God changes your heart and he will mold and change and grow you and convict you in areas of your life where you have sin still. But it starts in the heart and works its way out. So my offer to you today is if you got saved today or if you got saved a long time ago and you've never been baptized, I invite you to get in line. I invite you to get in line. So everybody, eyes bows, eyes, eyes closed, heads bowed. Um, if you want to get baptized today, right now, get up and go to the back, please. And Scott is there with what you need, and we'll baptize you today. We'll baptize you today. You're invited to take that step. You're invited to take that step. We've got shirts, we've got shorts, we've got towels. Jesus, Jesus takes care of the forgiveness and Jesus takes care of the glory and God gives all the glory. We just want to see you live your life for Christ because we believe that Jesus died for your sins and he offers you life and we believe wholeheartedly it's the best life. It's the best life on this planet. That jailer was just an average guy, just wanted to do his job and go home and drink his beer and watch his game and, and, and do his thing. But, but because he saw God move, he decided, I want to follow Jesus. This is the life I want because this is the only life. There are two kinds of people in this world. There are the redeemed, the saved by the blood of Christ, and those who are not. When we all get to eternity, that's where the line is drawn, and God takes care of that. So I invite you to be baptized. Even all the way up to the very last person gets baptized today, you can stand up and come get in line. It's wide open. Father God, I love you. I praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Amen.